is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Mutita Banmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist who is as known as the time queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, Get Unstuck Nation. Today, we are going to cover something interesting again. Please welcome Jody Lasky with me here today. So Jody helps introvert entrepreneur leverage their strength to build stronger company faster but not only that though today we are going to cover the things that we have been talking about goal setting but not only goal setting though but how can you achieve those goals because we know that we like to set the goals but how can we finish those things without getting bored with having accountability and do it fast so please welcome Jody to get unstuck radio today and yeah I know that we we're going to have a lot of fun. So thank you so much, Jody, for joining Get Unstuck Radio today. No, well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So before we get started to the goal setting journey, though, Jody, how can you start your entrepreneurial journey, though? I've always been an entrepreneur in some way, may, shape, manner, or form. I started as a technical writer. Then I would work for other people as a technical writer. And then I started to worked in the defense industry and I started my own defense company. And then I had a tech startup and then I fell into coaching. So it's just sort of been a progression. I don't do well in a corporate setting. Oh, but I know that you also graduated from law school, isn't it? Yes. Yes. I have, I have lots of degrees, which also reflect my inability to stay focused. Why you say that? The right thing. Why you said that? Why, why you say that inability to focus though? I have a lot of interests and a lot of passions and I like to continue to grow and learn. And for a long time, I thought traditional school was the way to do that. And then after the last degree and the student loans, I decided I was going to find some other less expensive ways to continue doing that. But I have a whole group of degrees that I never use. I'm an attorney. I never practiced law. I got an advanced degree in maritime law. I don't like boats. We don't, <laughs> we, we don't do those things anymore. No, but you can earn a lot of money from that. You know that. <laughs> yes, which is why I went for it. And I decided I liked my soul more than I liked money. I got you. I'm a lawyer myself as well. So you understand. You like no. your soul more than you like the money. But here's the thing. Even though, okay, this is something that I have to come up and accept though. Even though I'm not practicing law, I mean actively, but I still using it every single day. Absolutely. Law school teaches you to think. It doesn't teach you to be a lawyer. Yes. Oh, I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, I'm not regret though, even though I spend a lot of time in tears. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's worth spending for like the way I looking into world, the way that I signing the contract, the way that I like get into partnership and stuff 
changes like that's actually yeah so but why you decided to go at least well okay let me step back when you mentioned that you have a lot of interest and also therefore you started various of um career let's say like many paths how do you decide to go for each part at the beginning I don't know that I've ever truly decided as much as I saw something, I felt the passion, I needed it to be done. In the case of my tech startup, I had had the idea for multiple years before I started working it. I kept waiting and hoping and waiting and hoping that someone else would do it because I knew it was important and I didn't have it in me after I had to shut my defense business, but no one was doing it the way I thought it needed to be done. So I couldn't get the idea out of my head. So I finally gave in and spent a few years and then a pan global pandemic hit. I couldn't sustain it anymore, but yeah. And how do you feel? Here's the thing. Anyone who have a lot of passion, I'm sure that they can resonate with this. At least you start. But after you started though, how do you feel? You have to remember that the, that no job, no work is always about the passion. You know, mm. there are days of drudgery, even if the end mission is something that you believe in with every fiber of your being you still have to do the work that's boring you still have to do all of those other aspects of it you just have to stay focused on your long-term goals just why i start all my clients with dream what do they dream their life looks like five years from now what do they visualize they could have everything they wanted in five years what does that look like so that while we work towards things and we're going through the drudgery and the hard times and everything they have that dream to go back that is that still your dream is this still the path that you need to be on to hit that dream dreams change and that's fine but make sure your dream has changed and it's not just that you're having a bad day week or month oh that's so important oh sunshine um <laughs> uh, do you think is there any difference between dreams and passion? Dreams and what? I'm sorry. And passion? Absolutely. Absolutely. I have passion for many different things and that's things I want to do, but the dreams are the life I want to live. Doing oh. and living are not the same. My, my tech startup focused on preventing sexual harassment and assault. I 100% believe with every fiber of my being that every person should be safe when they're walking down the street or in their college dorm room or whatever it is. That's a passion. My dream is about my life and what I want to have happen. And would I have loved for that to have all happened at the same time I could have lived that passion? Absolutely. To see people safe like that would have been amazing. But I still have my dreams, whether or not I'm able to ever get that company where I want it to be. Oh, interesting. So are you saying, so this is what I hear. Are you saying that one of the things that keep us carry on working towards our goal is to set our vision towards our dream where we want to live? Yes. Not only the passion, because maybe it's not in alignment. They need to be consistent, or at least they can't be inconsistent. But yes, like I hear you talk a lot about your quality of life and wanting to have time for your family and be able to travel and all those things. That's your dream. Your passion is helping your clients with their strategy. Your dream and your passion aren't the same thing. 
you still have to do all of those other aspects of it. You just have to stay focused on your long-term goals. Just why I start all my clients with dream. What do they dream their life looks like five years from now? What do they visualize? They could have everything they wanted in five years. What does that look like? So that while we work towards things and we're going through the drudgery and the hard times and everything, they have that dream to go back to. That is that still your dream? Is this still the path that you need to be on to hit that dream? Dreams change and that's fine. But make sure your dream has changed and it's not just that you're having a bad day, week or month. Oh, that's so important. Do you think is there any difference between dreams and passion? Absolutely. I have passion for many different things. And that's things I want to do. But the dreams are the life I want to live. Doing oh. and living are not the same. My tech startup focused on preventing sexual harassment and assault. I 100% believe with every fiber of my being that every person should be safe when they're walking down the street or in their college dorm room or whatever it is. That's a passion. My dream is about my life and what I want to have happen. And would I have loved for that to have all happened at the same time I could have lived that passion? Absolutely. To see people safe like that would have been amazing. But I still have my dreams, whether or not I'm able to ever get that company where I want it to be. Oh, interesting. So this is what I hear. Are you saying that one of the things that keep us carry on working towards our goal is to set our vision towards our dream where we want to live yes. not only the passion because maybe it's not in alignment they need to be consistent or at least they can't be inconsistent but yes like i hear you talk a lot about your quality of life and wanting to have time for your family and be able to travel and all those things that's your dream your passion is helping your clients with their strategy your dream and your passion aren't the same thing mm. they can't be out of alignment yeah they're walking towards the same because i have a vision that is walking towards the same direction yeah okay i see what you mean now Mm. So when we setting a goal, then let's see when a person have lots of interest and they are at the point where they want to explore. What usually the issue that they comes to you? Um, what I see the most though, I think this word already have like a lot of issue already. I bet you have heard this many times, like midlife crisis. But <laughs> I kid you not, midlife crisis can happen to like one of my team members. I think. This is like my past team member. So she just graduated, but she already have this issue. Like she don't know what to do with her life. Identity <laughs> crisis. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. But it's also a life crisis somehow. Like yeah. they don't, they don't know. And I try to tell her that working here is not in alignment with she want to know further and she not quitting. Like at, at that point, I was like, this is so hard. I think you already listened to one of my podcasts before where I mentioned about that <laughs> That podcast. It, it's difficult. And I am age and a background where I can very easily separate out my work from my passion and my dreams. My dreams would be a better one there. So I write novels when I'm not coaching, when I'm not working, when I'm doing those um, things. I write novels. They are never going to earn me a lot of money. They may not ever earn me any money, but I'm passionate about it. So I do it. My dream is includes having the time to do that, but that's not what my business is about. 
that's not what my job is about. My last corporate job was as a proposal writer for a major government contractor in the US. I'm very good at it. No passion there, but it paid the bills so that I could write my books and live my dreams. <laughs> it's all about balancing that time. And 20-somethings having identity crises, that's nothing new. So mm. yeah, I have never, I did not set out for any of what my career path has been. An interesting opportunity was presented and I took it. And then another interesting opportunity came along and I took that one. You are like the way that you talk to me so far. I would never know that you are introverted. Introvert doesn't mean shy, mm -hmm. which is what a lot of people think. The difference between introverts and extroverts from what people can see and experience with us is how we energize ourselves. Extroverts like to be around people. They get really excited in big loud groups, exchanging ideas and talking and playing and having fun. Introverts spend a lot of time in their heads or with very small groups of people one or two people having that same kind of really stimulating, exciting conversation, but only a couple of people at a time. We get our energy from quiet and being alone, not mm. surrounded by a lot of other people. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, same. <laughs> See, introvert, possibly an ambivert. Sometimes you go towards the extroverted side and being in those big groups can get you really energized and pumped. And sometimes you need the quiet. That's the ambivert. And from a neuroscience standpoint, all of that comes down to how many dopamine receptors you have. The more oh, dopamine yeah. receptors you have, the more extroverted you are. Talking about these dopamine things, having breakouts here, if you can see. Having issue with this, I'm not sure, have you heard about this? Uh, what do you call it? Arduino grand, something that is involved cortisol level. So I get stressed pretty easy, but mm -hmm. without knowing. And the way that I, I feel stressed though, it would always reflect on the physical side of myself all the time. I thought it's gonna be numbness, kind of crazy, but like, this is my life. Had been since I was very young. Numbness or breakout, for example, or like back pain or other stuff that like, oh, something wrong with me, but actually I'm, I'm just stressed. And this could be like a bottom line of like, I have to like, put my health first over everything in my life. And it always come back to, okay, I need to control cortisol level. Like I need to like really take care of my routine. Like everyone who knows me, I have a very strict routine because I have anxiety. And that's the only thing that I can control. This day is my life routine. Like on seven days a week, like no one can break my routine out of me. And of course, <laughs> the more you feel that way, the more anxious you get, the more stressed you get. And it's a self-perpetuating cycle. I know. Oh, but because I live alone as well, you know, because like these things, like I just like cannot deal with the world right now, but because I'm working, so at least everything like still under control. However, the dopamine things that we were mentioned earlier, oh, this thing, I don't even know if I, I get bored or not. When you mentioned that you get bored easily, for me though, I don't have any feeling involved. I can do the same thing like for eternity without having any feeling involved. So I personally don't really know how it feels like feeling bored of like have to change things all the time. <laughs> like totally different. Yeah, that's that's from my, my polar opposite. That's that's more on the obsessive compulsive side. I actually have <laughs> documentation from a doctor saying 
but she's an editor, so she has obsessive compulsive tendencies, but it's not to the point of disordered thinking. Like, yes, thanks, Doc. So yeah, I, I definitely get that. I would say there is a chance that because you are so stressed and so anxious that all of your feelings are subverted. Like you can't, um, you don't get bored. You don't worry about those things. You don't, like you're at peak stress. So when you're already at peak stress, there's nowhere for any more stress to go. I know. Continue <laughs> breaking you down more. So dopamine's not going to have a huge impact at that point. You got to get the cortisol levels down, which means yeah. figuring out for yourself, what does that look like? Yes, it's maintaining your routine so that you don't up your anxiety levels. But what else makes your heart sing and allows you to take time to relax? And how can you incorporate more of that into your routine? Oh no, but I have I have other other problem though. But like here's the thing. I'm not sure whether it's gonna involve with with the way that you're going to like set the goals or not. I also had an accident. I'm not sure that you listened to those episodes or not, but like mm -hmm. I had a, a huge car accident almost a year ago. I could actually walk six months ago. So I had like a hip displacement, like it's a big thing. That so yeah, it's just like still like in recovery mode. I, I still can walk like a penguin right now. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm still like, I'm not going to be normal anytime soon. But that's like, it's come back to the way that you set goals, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that when we have a lot of distraction, talking about many people who like, okay, in Thailand, for example, this is so funny, but I'm not sure whether you're going to see this funny or not. We tend to, okay, if it's a rainy day, people will use rain to be an excuse to go to work late. Oh, yeah. No, it's unacceptable. Where, where, where I live, we <laughs> use, the traffic is worse when it's rainy. The traffic is worse when it's sunny. We use the traffic and then blame the weather for everything, for everything being late. And I'm going, but you know that's gonna happen my real anxiety shows up on being on time anywhere oh really? <laughs> i get really really stressed out if i am not five minutes early anywhere oh, okay. and i just got back from a vacation in a country that does not tell time the same way i do it was a good sort of forced let it go i am not driving myself anywhere in this country i am reliant on other people i just need to let it go and as soon as I hit U.S. soil again, I was back on it and like running through the airport and being an American and moving too fast and oh, I can breathe again. But yes, we are often late because of rain and because of sun. So in that case, like something happens and it's distracted the way that you have to when, when you set the goals and you break down to like a bite-side pieces, for example, mm -hmm. how you adjust your you need to achieve to what your goal is. What would you suggest? So first is considering the difference between a goal and a task. A goal is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. And that achievable means it's achievable by you. Mm -hmm. So if someone else is late, that's on them. You get, it, this is something that you can do. Tasks, are a different matter. And mm -hmm. those, you may have to work with someone, you may have to you know, be relying on a colleague or an employee or a co-founder to get their stuff done faster. And a big part of that is communication. Like I am the antithesis of the micromanager. I want people to take responsibility for themselves 
I don't care what hours you work. When I when I have had people working for me, I don't care what hours you work. I don't care how many hours you work. If you're overloaded, of course, come to me. But if you get your work done in six hours instead of eight and you have things to do, go do them. If you have a doctor's appointment, go to your doctor's appointment. I don't need to hear about it. Just get your, get your work done, get your hours in and we're all good. But know that other people are relying on you. So you hit your deadlines and that's task-based and that's that's knowing who you're surrounding yourself with. And you talk a lot about how to hire and who to hire and you surround yourself by people who have that same sense of ownership of their tasks, even if they don't have the same sense of ownership of the company or the passion for the mission or whatever they have it for their area. I think you mentioned it very clear and it's support the way that I think. That's exactly the same thing I onboard my team members. I told them exactly like that and I don't care. Like doesn't mean that I, I don't care as in human being, like I don't care for them, but I let them take fully responsibility on that task and take the whole ownership. However, that's your project. You just have to complete that. If you finish it early, well, you have more free time. Go enjoy your life. Exactly. exactly. And that's how and that's how I run this company. Like, yeah, like that that's absolutely how my team works we only fix the hours of meeting only the rest is totally depends on you you're gonna check in check out just let me know whether you are in or out so i can just like text you and, and chat with you but if not well depends on like do we have to talk or not because we have project management anyway no need to check on each other yeah that's that's absolutely how we work here at, at my company because mm -hmm. i find that it's so overwhelming by working at the same hours and have to be with someone in the same like schedule and not so productive you know and i yeah. think each person has different way of working like it's not working for me like in the traditional way i have worked that way and it's not really work and you'll find this is where the ex introversion and extroversion really comes into effect all of these people who are desperate to get back to the office those are extroverts. They need that FaceTime and that close communication for them to be productive. The introverts are the ones going, yes, this has been, this has been my few years. Like, let me stay home. I'll connect with you when I need to. So it's as a leader, you do have to balance those things. What are the needs of your more extroverted employees? What are your need, the needs of your newer and or younger employees, less experienced employees? newer coming into the company may need a little more touch less experienced fresh out of college and so on just don't know what questions they don't know to ask mm, that makes sense yeah i have no thing about it that way oh thank you for enlightening me that oh yeah but i have never have an office because i just want to pay that <laughs> i don't blame you and i don't know that anyone actually wants to but you but i have no it's doubt a fixed that cost. <laughs> it's a fixed cost but you're also going to mention that in your interview process. Hey, we're fully remote. If you know, this is how we communicate. And so as long as the person understands that they're an extrovert and need more touch than that, then they know that this is not a good fit for them. Mm. As opposed to what a lot of companies have done is hire people for remote work. And now they're saying, Hey, you're close enough to the office. So everyone back to the office. 
but that's not what I was hired for. And that's not what I want. Mm. So it's, it's going to be an interesting evolution in the next few years to see really how things settle out post COVID with the work from home versus on site work. Yeah, I agree. And these day people are more picky, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, because they know, I mean, if I were the employer that's seeking to work for others, I may also think the same way as them. I want the best for me. And I would be able to choose what is comfortable for me working from my own benefit, right? I, I got a comment once on my seven red flag remote employee, I guess. I got a comment on, on the Thai version. They said that I think she mentioned something that she doesn't like my attitude on hiring. Okay. That's great to know up front. We've just saved each other a whole lot of time. I wish you the best and I hope you find the perfect fit for you. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I love when people self-select out. Save me that time. Fabulous. I know, but I, I try to tell her that that video is not talking to employee. I'm talking to business owner. So it's great to know that this is how she feels, but she's not the audience to that video. So this is something that I'm not yet good at taking, like being like receive the feedback from someone who I not trying to convey the message to that. That is something that I have to work on as well. Yeah, that that is not easy for me so far. It's never easy to hear someone doesn't like what you're what you're selling, whether they're your target audience or not. And it takes a lot to remind us who are we selling to the fang companies, mang companies, whatever we're calling them these days are like supposed to be where everyone wants to work and who everyone wants to work with and blah, blah, blah. If someone from one of those companies came to me for coaching, I would say flat out, I am probably not the right coach for you (laughs) because of what I do. I don't generally, there are exceptions to every rule and I wouldn't like absolutely say no, but I don't work with corporate executives. I work with startup founders. I work with solopreneurs, not to say that I couldn't, but that's not what my target is. So if someone comes to me and that's not who I excel with, okay, like we can still have a conversation. But if you walk away and go, well, she's nuts. Okay. I may be nuts and that's okay. But you aren't the person who I'm trying to talk to. You aren't the person that my message must resonate with. But God, do we still want to get those mang calls, right? So how can someone knows when they're going to work with you then? Like what are the stages that they know that they're ready to work with you? I work with early stage. So before say a level uh, seat. I've done seed and I've done uh, round a level of, of startups for, from a funding standpoint. And I work with a lot of solopreneurs and service-based companies that are in the early stages. First, trying to come up with their ideas, just starting to launch. If you are getting ready for an IPO, I'm earlier stage than that. If you're, if you've been fundraising for a while, I'm earlier stage than that. If you were out for drinks with one of your friends last week and came up with this great idea that you can't let go, I'm your woman. What would be the issue that you found the most when they got the ideas and they want to make it happen? 
but it's usually resource-based and or knowing what to do first. So time, money, or total overwhelm, where do I start? To include a lot of people thinking they have to have everything perfect before they launch. <laughs> no, minimum viable product. Who can you talk to? How can you test it? What can you do? And really breaking it down to get that early feedback so that you know if this is a path you want to go down. You know if your brilliant idea resonates outside of your head. And it can be anything. My tech startup had a hardware component, a little Bluetooth device. And I found one that I bought that I thought was gorgeous. I loved it. So I, but there were some others. So I bought four or five designs and I went out to a street corner in a popular area where I live. And I just stopped people in my target demographic. And I said, which of these do you like the best? Just put a check mark down. The one I still love got none. There was a very clear winner and it was not the one I liked. <laughs> but, but that was like a $15 test versus actually going through and designing and manufacturing and then finding it out. How can you break things down and get those tests early? That's what, part of what I, I help my, my clients figure out in terms of their goals. Like really, what is the product they're offering? Okay, that's your product. Now go see if people want it. How can you make that better? How can you make it better? And build it slowly and gradually. Instead of the old school way of, I'm gonna build this whole thing in, in private and in secret because it's brilliant and no one's ever come up with anything like it before. And then I'm gonna release it to the world when it's all done. You can try that, but you can be out a lot of time and money that way. Yeah, and these days though, I think social media has a lot of impact on that. Like the way you document the process, people tends to involve with your progress more. Like if you document everything bit by bit, they tend to like, oh, I have been with this journey from day one, you not even started anything yet. And they want to buy even like the product hasn't finished yet even. Yep. Well, and that's what people want. So it's finding that balance of how much information to release at what time you want to build interest and suspense, but you also want that feedback. Mm. Very important to making decisions further. Absolutely. Yeah. Spend a lot of money on that already. <laughs> a lot of mistakes. <laughs> if you're not making mistakes, it means you're not doing, you're not trying anything. Yeah. <laughs> I tell people, my goal setting exercise takes about 40 minutes and it can be a pretty intense 40 minutes. And when people are done, if they're not at least a little bit scared, they didn't push themselves enough. Oh, if you don't look at your dreams and your goals and get a little anxious. Can I, can, can, did I really just say that I was going to do this? How am I going to do this? You didn't push yourself enough. I have a friend I work with and we've done this together for a few years where it's a small group of us every New Year's Eve, give or take the last Saturday of the year, we get together and we go through the exercise and we, we share what we're going to do. And one of my friends this year was like, yeah, no, I was just really prepared to do it this year. I, you know, we've been doing this together long enough. I'm good. She hit one of her goals in three weeks. It was an annual goal. She hit it in three weeks. And I said, what does that mean? She said, I didn't push myself enough. That is correct. So go back and redo it. Oh. If you are not at least a little scared, you did not push yourself. Dream bigger, Goal. have bigger goals. 
have push yourself more and do that based on where you're at. Like for one of my clients, I always have my clients, by the way, have personal and professional goals. Three goals a year, one personal, one professional, one which dealer's choice because you are a complete person even when you're building a company. And for you, you may have a goal to, I don't know, walk a kilometer. And for you, if you could walk a kilometer straight, that would be huge. And it's maybe a little terrifying to think about how you're going to get yourself there in a year. I just spent a week with my cousin who ran 10 kilometers to a race, ran a 10K, and then ran the 10 kilometers home. If he gave me a goal like that, I would tell him to get the hell out. (laughs) Know where you are. Your goals are about you and pushing yourself, not what anyone else thinks. I don't believe necessarily in sharing your goals because they are about you. What about when you achieve it? Do you have to share? You have to acknowledge. How you acknowledge is up to you. If you, if your idea of acknowledging it is, I don't know, like you get to go rather dog obsessed right now. I will allow myself to get the puppy that I want when X, Y, and Z happens. Then the only acknowledge I need of X, Y, and Z happening is that I went and got that, got the the puppy from the breeder that I want. What is your dog right now? What what do you have? I don't have one right now. My dog, my dog passed away. So I'm, I'm, I'm making myself wait another couple of weeks and I'm getting an adult now. She's ready for me. I just need to find the time to drive up to get her. But next year I'm going to get a puppy. And first I need to make sure my house is puppy proof. And I need to like do some things in terms of my life to be able to have the right lifestyle to make sure that I have the time because puppies take a lot of time. And when I achieve those things, whether I tell anyone else or not, I get the puppy. So that's acknowledging it for me. If on the other hand, my goal is to never have to work another corporate job again, to have the pipeline set and solidified and and all of these other things in place, well, then the acknowledgement is going to be in the form of letter of resignation. No more, not no part-time on call, no more proposal writing at all. But I'm also not a, not someone who like shouts things from the rooftop. So one of my clients had their biggest month ever, like a reach goal that she didn't, she was embarrassed when she said that that was her goal. And, and one month we were on the phone or one, one week and she said, by the way, we hit it last month. Oh my God, that's amazing. What are you going to do? She said, well, next month we're going to double it. No, 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 no. That's great. But how are you acknowledging to your team this huge milestone? Because that's one, it was a joint project. It was a joint goal. How are you going to acknowledge it? Take the time, sit back, breathe, feel it. And then yes, tomorrow you can get back to doubling it again next month. (laughs) But but take that time to acknowledge. Yeah, because if not, you're going to keep pushing and pushing. You're not going to like be in the appreciate mode at all from your hard work. Yep. And it's one thing for the owner of the company to forget that, but it's so important from a company culture standpoint to step back and acknowledge your employees. That's what that is. As much as acknowledging that Yes, she did it. She built a company that had that kind of monthly revenue. She did it because of her team. And taking five minutes to thank the team is really all that needed to be done. I have like, I have in the meeting, 
every Tuesday, we're going to say like something that we are grateful for mm -hmm. and thankful for, like one sentence, like who do you want to thank for in the past week? So who do you want to give credit for in the past week who helped you to go through something? So yeah, I think it's very important to be acknowledged, to be seen and heard within mm -hmm. the company. Absolutely. Yeah, it has to be underrated. Like, even though you feel like it's fine, it's my job. No, you want to be acknowledged. You want to be seen and heard everywhere. And yeah, I think it's very important because it helps you feel, oh, I'm actually important. And like you said, it was seen. Like, mm -hmm. yes, it was my job to do that, but I did it well. Mm. Even when you're getting a paycheck and yes, that's what your job is about. You want to know that the quality is acknowledged. Yeah. Not not only like, okay, this is past, past the QC and then like, yep. go on. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Check. Next. No. That was fantastic. Thank you so much. How long did that take me? 10 seconds? That's all it takes. In the agile process though, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you, how do you see? I have seen both in like the owner in a SaaS company or service base these days. I have seen both sides, those who have empathy in the company and those who have no empathy in the company at all. And I'm so scared. I'm Asian. I have to say this. I'm like, I cannot work very well and so long with a company that like no empathy at all. Like, I feel like this company has no life. <laughs> that, well, that company does have no life. They, they will not survive more and more and more company culture is playing into how well companies survive, especially startups. You cannot expect people to work the kind of hours that startups had been expecting for foosball tables and alcohol in the freezer. <laughs> that doesn't work anymore. It never should have. And it still shocks me that it did. But I'm an East Coaster, so that's part of it. But, but yeah, like come in, do your job. Well, this is back to that whole, I don't micromanage, do your job and let me know if you're overwhelmed by your workload, because I don't know that unless you tell me, but the only people who should be working long hours are the people who have actual ownership in the business. And even then, I don't think anyone should be working the hustle culture that was so prevalent in Silicon Valley for so long. Yeah. And I mean, it's not only that, though. I mean, the I just, I, I didn't mean like having empathy, um, not to like hostile, but to seeing them as a human being inside, like acknowledge, saying thank you, like feeling sorry or like having a warm atmosphere inside the community, like having a living, but not as in a bust very robotic structure. They're trying to implement OKR, trying to put Agile inside, having a structure, like putting a COO coming in. I don't see it leaving. Mm -hmm. It's so no, no, that stuff won't leave. But the way it's measured, exactly what you're measuring. Mm -hmm. So OKR, what are you measuring? There's a great book by John Doerr called Measure What Matters. Yeah, does the number of lines of code someone wrote tell you if they're a good developer? No, that's, a, that's not a reasonable metric. Do the lines of code achieve what they need to? That's the reasonable measure. So if people 
and this this actually does get back to the empathy as you mean it and and as i meant it but didn't state it very well and also what i was saying before it is my job as a leader to make sure that you have the resources you need to do your work so you can come in do your work get it done and then have a life and be a fully well-rounded person and if i give you those things it's because i see you as that person when we expect people to be automatons for the company and have their lives revolve around a startup with a potential ipo at the end we're no longer seeing them as people mm. wow that's scary <laughs> okay so jody in case anyone want to like follow your work and like reach out for your help where can they find you then yes so my website is theintrovertfounder.com. I have been developing, and we've alluded to it a little bit, I've de been developing an approach to goal setting that's based on agile product development as a way to get more done faster. And I would love to offer a few of your listeners the opportunity to work with me in a small group free of charge to see if it works. So the first six or eight people who seem like they would be a good cohort I would love to work with them, get them together and get that done. And we will find a good time for, for everyone based on that. And as for everyone else, I'm going to set up a landing page at the introvertfounder.com backslash get unstuck. And there you will be able to access my goal setting process and the breakdown of how you use Agile to get more done faster. Thank you so much, Jody, for sharing this amazing experience. And I'm sure that everyone gets to learn many things today. I know we cover many uh, aspects of business and goal setting and life and leadership in general. So don't forget to review this episode again, and we will cover this in the show notes as well. So don't forget to follow Jody and reach out to her if you need help in goal setting and agile process. And yeah, don't forget to get unstuck as well. Thank you, Jody. Thank you. I hope this episode inspires you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.